Welcome, everyone, to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, also known as Wolf. PRT for short. That's what we call it. PRT, Paranormal Roundtable. Three words. Uh, Paranormal uh, Roundtable is the show, but we also have a group called Paranormal Roundtable Group, and it's on Facebook. Everybody can go and join. We drop the link to the YouTube episode of this show on the live streams that we do on Tuesdays on, on, on YouTube, which are, t- are YouTube exclusives. And you're, if you're not watching those, <clears throat> you're missing out. You're getting, you're getting a lot of content, extra content. We go for two or three hours, right, Anthony? Yep. On those live streams, and we, you, get on, you get on the live chat, and you can sit there and you can interact with me, and you can uh, do a Q&A. Last few weeks, we've had guests on. Uh, we usually have guests on, but the last few weeks we've just been like one or two, three guests, however many. Yeah, I think the longest one was like almost five hours. It was, or it was like four hours and something. Yeah. You're getting a lot of content there. Yeah. And we, I, I tell stories. The guests tell stories. Everybody uh, tells stories. And so you're getting a lot of stuff. Uh, last week we had reptilian black-eyed kids with my friend Loki. And then we had Pete, another guy that I've known for years who lived in the haunted house that I lived in, and he came on, and he told some stories. And then Justin Decker, who was on the show once with uh, Terrors of the Amazon, he came on, told some stories about Bigfoot and, and some black cats. So anyways, this is the Friday before Halloween, okay? So this show is being recorded right now as we speak a- after my live stream. Uh, so if you are only, you know, you're only getting the podcast, you're really missing out. You got to go and watch the YouTube, uh, um, go to the YouTube channel, subscribe. So it's free and just watch the live streams. You can get a lot more content too that way. Um, but for those of you who only listen to this on the podcast form on whatever platform you listen to it on, uh, just so you know, it, it is appreciated if you would go and like and subscribe on YouTube. Um, and also, Join our groups, Paranormal Roundtable uh, group on on uh, Facebook. If you do that, when we drop the YouTube link, all you got to do is leave a comment, and you'll be entered to win an autographed book from one of many authors. And we give away free swag. We have uh, all kinds of stuff we give away. I can't even think of something with coffee mugs, book bags, coffee mugs, book bags, mm-hmm. uh, stickers, books, Hats. Uh, mm-hmm, and like uh, like little Texas trinkets and stuff. Yeah, if you're from out of state, you'll get a Texas trinket from us. Uh, you'll get something that, that says, hey, you know, this guy's from Texas. <laughs> so anyways, <clears throat> I try to give everybody, a, you know, I go above and beyond. Unfortunately, right now we're out of stickers. We should be getting some another week um, because somebody broke into my truck and they stole things that were valuable to me, probably not to them, like my blood pressure monitor and my medication and my wife's medication and things that they can't really do anything with. So if they want to regulate their blood pressure, I guess. But other than that, um, and they stole a bunch of PRT stuff, like autograph books and things like that, that are worth a lot of money to me, but not to them. Like I said, they're probably not going to know what to do with them. Uh, money Worth money to us, anyway, in this community. Uh, but anyways, that being said, unfortunately, there are bad people in this world. and uh, But there are good people. And uh, I, I'd like to believe that we are some of those good people. and. Here with PRT, we're like a family. We love everybody, the paratroopers, paranormal roundtable, the knights of the paranormal roundtable, whatever you want to call yourselves. Uh, don't forget, PRTpodcast.com is our website, and Josh Turner at PRTpodcast.com, Josh Turner at PRTpodcast.com. And I did something uh, uh, today, and I'm going to tell you, it was crazy, okay? I actually looked at my spam folder um, from the Messenger, and I found some pretty cool stories in there. It was crazy. And then I looked in my uh, spam folder for my uh, show uh, for the, uh, the, the email address and uh, found a bunch of stories in there, too. And I was going like, dude, what the heck's going on here? So uh, that being said, I found some pretty cool stuff, and I'm going to be uh, going through there and trying to look and, and just, you know, it's crazy. Um, there was a couple stories that got overlooked. One of them is, is really good. And I'm thinking about telling it tonight. I'm just, I didn't even have time to really go over like All I did was I found it today. So I'm just going to read it. But uh, anyways, it pertains to what we're talking about tonight. And what we're talking about tonight is vampires. It is close to Halloween. And I gave everybody on the YouTube live chat a, a chance to vote on whether they wanted to hear about Black Panther people or if they're humanoid or Black Panthers or you know, a, a vampires. And, and overwhelmingly, everybody wanted to hear vampires. So here's the vampire episode. I'm even going to take one of the the stories that I was going to put on my Halloween show, and I'm going to put it on here. 
<clears throat> and I'm going to lead with that one. So anyways, uh, that being said, don't forget Paranormal Encounters is, is the group for Tony and Paranormal Lounge is Nelly's group. And then we have the Paranormal Pro group, uh, which is also run by Nelly, uh, my wife. And we also have uh, three other groups that I'm the admin of, Dogmen, Werewolf Discretion Group, and I Whisper to a Scream. Those are, I'm in those, and Paranormal uh, Trucker Podcasts. I'm in a lot of groups. But anyways, join those groups, and if, especially the Paranormal Roundtable group, the main group, because that's where we drop the link to the show. This link will be on there for this show. You can go down and make a comment on Facebook. And if you do, then you can be entered to win a really cool prize. And we have a, uh, a Halloween costume contest. Don't forget about that, okay? And it's going to go until the morning of November 1st. And, and if you go to the announcements in the Paranormal Roundtable group page, uh, Patsy Trigg, she uh, put it together. And there's going to be a first, second, third place. Uh, so if you have a, co have a costume you want to wear, um, and you want to show yourself wearing the costume, and then uh, whoever gets the most likes, then you'll be getting the first place, then the second place, and third place, and so on. And you'll be getting prizes, a cash prize uh, um, of first place, second place, and third place. So, and first place is 100 bucks. Okay, so you can use 100 bucks and uh, some uh, cool uh, PRT stuff, uh, then just uh, get on there and do what you got to do. That being said, we're going to get right into these stories. Uh, now, Anthony is going to be my co-host tonight. So we need to talk about the, these vampires and get this uh, story out there. It's been a long time coming. We did one way back. I don't know what number it was, but it was one of the early, it was one in our first year of the show. And uh, we talked about vampires, but we have since then gotten many stories. And we've, we've put up some of them in with the paranormal potlucks, and we've put them in on the live stream and different... Um, we, we've given those stories, but I have enough to do a show and I thought I owed it to people who like vampires and who are into the vampire thing. Um, and so what, what are we going to talk about? I'm not, I know here's the thing. Not many people give me a story and they go, Hey, I saw a vampire. Okay. That's not what's going on. These people give me a story and then I kind of decide whether or not I think it's a vampire or a gargoyle or what it is. Okay. Cause I don't know what it is. And I can't tell you exactly 100% what this is, but it's what I, it's the best I can come up with. So what, what I'm going to start with was this story was given to me, and, and the, these are stories that I've had for a while. This story was given to me by a, a guy that lived in upstate New York. Oh, yeah. You told me this story the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, been, I've been mulling it over. It's, it's weird. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we do go over the stories. Uh, I'll, I'll show people and what do you think of this, you know, and even some of my colleagues and, and see if they've ever heard anything like this. Well, here, here's what, here's one of them. A guy said that his grandfather told him this story as a boy and he grew up with these stories from his grandfather and his great uncles. Well, their grandfather, which would have been his grandfather's grandfather, said that this happened to him when he was a young man. They were clearing some land of a neighbor's. Okay. And what happened was there were these giant stones kind of in a circle. I mean, they were like really big. They weren't all perfectly shaped or anything like that, but they were in a circle. There was about five of them. And he said that they had to move them off the property. Um, this is what his grandfather told him that, that he, he was told. And it happened like back in the 1870s or 1880s, something like that. And uh, so when they were moving these stones, they, they unearthed something. The first stone that they moved made the ground shake a little bit, and there, then there was like a sinkhole. And in the middle of these stones, something kind of rose up, which was another stone in the middle. And so what they did was they, they started to pluck these stones out one by one, and each, each one would kind of make like it would move. And when they got to the middle stone, he said that, that that one wasn't the first or the second or even the third one they moved, but it wasn't the last one. They moved that one. And when they did, the smell of rot and death came up from the ground, okay? And he said that they found, they, they, they hit something. When they started digging, they, they found like, like a sinkhole when they started digging into it because the, 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 the ground um, gave in once they moved the stone and there was something there. They could see the tip of something there. So they started digging and they opened, or they, they unearthed or pulled up from the earth a, like a sarcophagus. Like a coffin-shaped thing. You know where I'm going with this, okay? Yeah. And so, anyways, they, they pried it open. It had all these weird, like, like uh, 
markings on it. You know, none of them knew what it was. It looked like a language. They couldn't tell what it was. When they opened it up, okay, something flew up out of it. And it did it so fast that they barely got a look at it. Um, there was dirt inside of the the uh, the box. Uh, it wasn't like a coffin, the way he described it. He said it was like a big, big rectangular box. You know, it was like a like you know, and it was the the top of it was inlaid with veins of silver and iron, and there were crosses all over the top of it, and different types of symbols and things, and something flew up out of this thing. Um, none of, none of them got a really good look at it, except like a brief glimpse, and it looked like a human, like a humanoid. Um, that was pale, sort of pale, whitish gray, and it flew up out of this coffin or sarcophagus, whatever you want to call it. And what ended up happening was over the next two weeks, a lot of weird things started happening. People started seeing things, looking in their windows. Uh, one neighbor reported something on top of his roof, you know, like these were out in the middle of nowhere farms back in the 1800s. And, and that the one of them took a shot at it and it reached down and it grabbed him, lifted him up off the ground and threw him into, and threw him into the base of a tree, uh, knocking him unconscious. And he got off easy. He got off easy. Uh, another woman was bitten, like bitten on her shoulder and her neck. And then she got really sick. And then the doctor came and said she had cholera, which, <laughs> you know, I don't know how that Jeez, translates how to cholera. Work? Yeah. How does that works? But that's what they told her. And so, you know, it's really weird. I mean, when you, when you, the story that I was given, it's really weird. This creature was seen by maybe half a dozen people at a good, like a close distance. What this thing was, was it was pale. It was, uh, it had like, it it looked like a pale, skinny humanoid with really skinny, long arms and legs, really, really big feet. Okay. Okay. Um, and with the, that ended like in talons, the fingers ended in talons. Now the head was round, uh, oval shaped. Um, it had pointy ears. Okay. Floppy pointy ears and a big floppy nose, according to what the, the witnesses said, but it looked very human like, but it had a mouth full of needle like teeth. Very, very, very sharp, big teeth, huge mouth. Um, and it was bald with like little nodules all over the top of its head. Sounds like the the Nosferatu type vampire. Sort of a Nosferatu meets Baraka from more, yeah. More, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's hideous. Yeah, so that, that's what I was thinking. And like, you know, that's kind of what it sounded like. Um, now, he said that his grandfather never, never saw it. It was a story that was passed down to him from his grandfather and his dad. And uh, supposedly they were there when it was unearthed. The grandfather told him the story. Um, he actually got a look at it. It flew over the top of him at one point, and uh, he saw its weird-looking feet dangling, hanging down, and it had wings. Um, at one point, it was walking through someone's field, walking, and it was in broad daylight, and it was like real shiny-looking. It was so uh, white and pale that it was almost shining. And one of the farmers took a shot at it and hit it, and all it did was kind of fall backwards a little bit, and stumble, and just keep walking. Then it just popped wings out of its back and flew off. Uh, the wings were described as bat-like and see-through. Um, they said that the wings and the flesh uh, of the of this creature uh, began to change from the grayish-white people were seeing at first until the later sightings, it became like pinkish-white. Um, and, and, and it just harassed these farmers for, for you know, a couple of weeks, and then it was gone. What it did, though, it did. It bit, it bit one woman. And it attacked a pig. It picked up a pig and literally tore it to pieces. It threw a guy into a tree, giving him a concussion and cutting his head open. And then it also um, supposedly jabbed a guy uh, through his neck, almost almost killing him. Um, he lived, but he got really, really sick with like, I, I, would, I think it was sepsis the way he described it. It was like he got really, really sick. It was like he had blood poisoning. And he, he lived, but he's never the same. And then it tore a person's hand off. Jeez. And a, well, bit a person's hand off. It was in someone's loft in their barn, uh, and it was eating a goat, um, and that someone disturbed it, and it turned, and it charged him, and when it put his hand up to block it, it basically just bit the hand off and flew right out the barn. Now, this is a story that he told me, you know, and, and now here's what's weird. 
you'll get these crazy flaps like this and you're thinking, why is this not in some book somewhere, somebody like the Van Meter monster or whatever? Why is this not in the book? Is Because, you know, back in those days, you have stories like that. My family has stories of these Bigfoot type troglodyte creatures. I don't know what they are that attacked um, their neighbors back in the like turn of this at the turn of the century, the 19, early 1900s. Um, and, and I mean, there's no book written about that. All it is is word of mouth. People pass the, yeah. the stories down, you know? Yeah. I think probably most or definitely most paranormal experiences in the world are not going to be in a book. They're not going to be documented. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I, don't, I don't know if there's anybody that ever documented this. The guy said, you know, that he wasn't interested in, in you know, because it's just, it's a story that he was told by his grandfather that was told by his grandfather. So who knows how the story may have changed or if it's even, you know, if there's how real it is, you know, or whatever. I mean. Turns out it was actually just like some starving homeless person that nobody liked. <laughs> he was going around and they turned him into, yeah, and biting their hands because yeah, he wanted well, food. Well, no, like he, like he actually wasn't, wasn't biting people, but everybody hated him. And so they just slowly over time turned him into a Nosferatu vampire, yeah. biting people and eating goats and stuff. When in reality, he was just digging through people's trash. Yeah, and he was just he was just doing what he does because he was he was hungry. Now this guy definitely didn't sound like he was a homeless guy. Um, but that's funny that you said that about the homeless people uh, thing because the next story I got actually it does involve that. Now this this story though, uh, one of the scarier uh, parts of the story that was sent to me was that there was a woman who was outside. Um, with with one of her dogs, and this thing swooped down, grabbed the dog, picked it up, and took off with it. She threw a rock at it. Um, when she threw the rock at it, it dropped the dog and turned back around and went for her. And then when she ran inside, she went out and she was looking out the window at it. It popped up in the window with the dog in its mouth. Uh, dang, I, I was going to say, well, at least she saved the dog. Yeah, and then there was a, there was one other the one other uh, aspect of the story that was really terrifying to me. Um, another, uh, encounter that happened was someone was li- just literally, they just walked by one of their windows and they saw something move. And so they went over to the window and they were looking around to see what it was. Now this supposedly was his great, uh, aunt's, um, story, not his great aunt, but his, his great, his grandfather's grandfather's sister. So she <clears throat> looked out the window and right when she did, she saw something like go by the window really quickly and it stopped and it looked right at her. And she said that when it did, it stopped in midair and was like hovering there. So this isn't a creature that flies like a normal creature. It's got some sort of supernatural quality to it. Yeah. And it stood there and it stared at her and it, uh, its eyes began to turn red and its teeth be- it began to become longer, bigger while she's staring at it. And then she thought, this thing's going to kill me. But she couldn't help but start to open the window until finally two very large men grabbed her and stopped her from opening the window to let it in. And then she had no recollection of why she was doing it. All she remembers was the red eyes staring at her. And then in the in the in the oncoming weeks, she slowly began to remember the whole incident. Like this thing had power to like look at you and make you whatever. Yeah, like mesmerize. Mesmerize you and then it disappeared. Now, if you think this is an isolated incident, it's not. I got a story from a guy. This happened in 1976. He said that he was working in in, uh, in a suburbs of a Michigan town. Um, they were building housing. They were building houses or whatever, and they were forced to move a giant stone. Um, there wasn't the five stones and then one in the middle type story, nothing like that. It was just a big stone. And they started to uh, have trouble with it, and they didn't realize how deep it was down into the into the ground. And they finally got it moved. They used, you know, machinery and everything. And uh, when they did, when the stone was starting to topple, a hand comes out from underneath it. And at first, they thought it was a giant spider. They were like, "Ooh, look at that spider!" Because it was gray. Yeah. And it was it was like ashen gray, and it had like the the, the fingers were long and spindly, like a spider. And they said, look at that spider. What is that? And it started, to, it was moving around. <clears throat> and they saw the the wrist and the arm. It was attached to something. Then the stone just kind of gets pushed up and it falls. And this creature shoots up out of it. Now, it doesn't just shoot up and disappear into the sky. It pops up and it kind of sits there on top of the stone for a minute, judging everyone. And the guy said he was there. He said he was in his early 20s when it happened. 
He said he got a good look at it. And he said that this thing looked like it had scraggly hair just going all over the place. And he said that it had like a lo- an elongated jaw with really, really big, sharp teeth. And uh, it didn't have wings, anything like that. But it just was just a plain, like, humanoidal type creature. And he said that uh, it literally, its eyes glowed red. And it began to make guttural noises, and it charged at, at a couple of the different workers, and they backed off and ran in different directions. And then it just shot up into the air and was gone. And he said that he could even draw me a picture of it. And so I haven't even gotten around to getting him to do that, but that's something if he does do that, then I can post or whatever. But this guy, he works a lot too, like I do. And But anyway, he said he's not a great artist, but he could try to give me you know, what, what it looked like the best he could describe of what he, what he saw. So anyways, there's that story there. I mean, you know, and uh, you know, that, that one to me matches very similar to what this other thing was. It was under a giant stone. Same thing. I mean, it was weird. Um, are those vampires? I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that those are vampires, but they sound like vampires. Yeah. Now, n- nothing from the, air, the area of Michigan, whatever. I think they just unleashed something that was there under the, under the earth and it, it's gone, whatever. But the story from the one in upstate New York was weird because it, it was, it preyed upon creatures and they found exsanguination, like blood yeah. being drained from animals, like a bunch of chickens were killed and a pig that was torn apart and then a goat that was chewed on. And um, it drank blood for sure. And it, it bit this the, the one woman and, and, you know, it drank blood. Um, so to me, that's a vampire, you know, and, and these were just farmers, you know, that passed these stories down. If it would have, if it would have happened in a more heavily populated area or, or closer to a city, we probably would have heard more. We probably would have heard stories of it already. And that would have been cool. We would have had, you know, it would have been like Spring Hill Jack or, or, you know, one of these other stories that you hear about from these, these, uh, creatures that do what they do. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, those two stories are really cool. I thought that those were, were, were something that you could think of, Hey, maybe this is a vampire. Maybe it's not, I don't know. I mean, I, I let the listeners decide. From the way it's described, it, it sounds like a, like a rake slash windigo with, uh, with wings or something. Mm-hmm. It's ugly. Could be a gargoyle. Nasty. So anyway, the, the, that's those two stories. And here's another one. This is a crazy one. Um, this this lady said this happened in in Oklahoma, up in northern Oklahoma, and she said that uh, they were playing. They had a five acre land, a piece of land. Um, her and her two sisters were playing, and and don't don't I'll I'll get back to the homeless story guy, the homeless guy in a minute. This is this was something that was told to me years ago, um, and I was like going through my journal one day, and I was looking, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, I need to to, to tell that one. Um, but anyway, this was told to me a long time ago, but this, this story here is these three, there's three girls. Um, the oldest, I think she was nine and then she had one that was seven and one that was four, uh, going on five, I think she said, and they were playing near the ruins of, of a, uh, stone house that was on the edge of their property. Um, they were told over and over again to stay out of there, not to mess with that. And, And there was a well there and the well was open and they would go and they would play near it. Well, one day the youngest uh, daughter, the or the youngest uh, sister, went to the well and uh, began to throw things down into the well that she had found in the rubble of the stone house. They call it the stone house. It was just like a half, like a wall and a chimney and everything else was gone. It was just rubble. Well, what they found was a, a melted crucifix that was made of solid silver. And they found a bunch of little uh, pieces of silver but she says, looking back on it, it looked like, you know, spent rounds. Yeah. Like of silver, like of bullets. And she said that she, that they had a whole bunch of them, little, little nuggets. And they took it back and they showed their mom and dad and their mom and dad's like, this is silver. Well, the, the dad took the silver, the melted silver cross it, right? and sold it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would have done. But they, <laughs> but they it's, free, it's free money. But they kept the uh, silver nuggets. They didn't tell the parents. Um, because they liked them. They were shiny, whatever. Well, the little, the little kid felt compelled, the littlest one to go up to the well, climb up on it and throw those down into the well. Now they, they would throw rocks down into the well all the time. They even had a game where they would throw the rocks trying to make it into the well. 
and nothing ever happened. Well, something happened when she threw the silver pieces down into the well. They heard a loud shriek. Okay. And so she said it sounded like a scream mixed with a growl. And then they felt the ground move. Like the, literally the ground moved. Like they could feel like vibration. She said something popped up out of that well, like straight up. And then it landed on the edge of the well, sitting there kind of on all fours. She said it looked, the way it was sitting is how like a dog would sit, you know? Um, but she said it wasn't dog-like at all. She said that this thing had like a froed out hair that was going in all directions and it was black. Um, she said that it was black with a little bit of gray, like on the hands and feet and different spots. It was blackish gray, like it was covered in soot. And she said that the eyes were a yellowish color, glowing yellowish, like almost self-illuminated. And this was in daylight. And she said that it stood there looking at them. There were no wings, nothing like that. She said that one thing she does remember though, is these big hobbit like feet. Because when her and her sisters turned and ran toward the house, this thing began to chase over the top of them. And she remembers it swooping down and trying to grab her little sister, the, the youngest one. At that point, she grabbed the sister and pulled, and her little uh, gown or whatever it was that she was wearing, her shirt, whatever, got torn. Um, her top, she said, uh, got torn. And she, you know, it managed to take that, but she she grabbed the child and was able to, like, put her, in, you know, and hold her and... And they got to the to the porch, and the mother came out and saw it, and took a shot at it with a four ten, which ain't going to do much. Yeah. But then you know it kind of veered off after that after after a couple shots at it and veered off. And she remembers seeing it with these big hobbit like feet. Now, over the next two days, this thing was stalking around the property. Their dad came home from work. This thing swooped down at him. Uh, didn't, didn't know all this was going on cause they didn't want to tell the dad cause they would have gotten whooped cause you know, they were playing by the well and the mother said, okay, we won't say anything. Well, it knocks his hat right off his head and it comes right at him and then it's standing toe to toe with him and he's like standing there, you know, in shock. So he grabs what he had on him, which was a pretty, uh, big size knife, the buck knife. There you go. As they call it. And he pulled it out and was, was swinging it at this thing. And the thing was not even trying to move. And he actually managed to slash it, and nothing happened. There was no blood. There was no anything. Would have been a good time for a nice uh, silver crucifix. <laughs> Would have been a good exactly. time to have that. Exactly. And this thing apparently uh, began to shriek, and and he fell over. He collapsed. The it was like what we call infrasound. We've heard of this with Dogman. Yeah. And if he fell over, and he felt like his insides were burning, and at that point, his wife came out, and and his brother in law. And they began to shoot at this thing again, and it and it and it and it left. Well, the la the next day was the last time they saw it, and it actually was at the window of the little girls, and it was like tapping on the glass. And she wakes up and she sees the youngest uh, girl trying to open the window to let it in. Oh, that's great! Yeah, once again with the the letting things into the window. I don't know. Um, she said that her sister has no recollection of it. When she tried to talk to her about it, you know, over the years, she don't remember yeah. any of it. Now the middle one remembers it really well. And when I talked to the oldest sister, um, and I got the story, the middle one got on with me for a few, didn't have a lot of time, but she kind of verified everything that the oldest one said. And they said the youngest one, the one that did all this kind of doesn't remember it. Um, they don't like, you don't remember unleashing the demonic gargoyle vampire thing on us? Oh, that's great. That, how convenient. Mm, no. Don't remember. <laughs> no, don't remember it. Nope. Sucks to be you. Um, but she said that over the years she had nightmares about it. They eventually moved off that land, which it was it was supposedly cursed anyway. Um, so they, they moved off of it. There was a Native American curse on that land. Um, and so I believe it belonged to either Chickasaw or Choctaw at one point. Or they, had, they had sold part of it. I don't know the whole story. Um, but anyway, that's what happened to that in that story. And I don't know the exact. Uh, Native American tribe or whatever that that that, that belonged to because she didn't know. So that story is really crazy. And I think that that, to me, I, I'm not saying that was a vampire, but to me, that sounds like a vampire. It didn't sound like a gargoyle. She said it looked very human-like in the face um, and it would move around and do things. Um, the one thing that makes me think it was a vampire is that it did kill like two of their pets and they were drained of their blood. 
they didn't see it happen, but it happened at that same time. I'm pretty sure that's what, and, and then it moved on. I guess it just finally just went away. Um, but you know, there again, you're unleashing something, you're opening something up from underground. These things pop up and, and they look like some sort of demonic, uh, Nosferatu vampire looking things. And then they, they bail. Um, I don't know what they are. I can't tell you what they are. I know that one of the stories I talked about on my show before was there was a guy and, and I talked, I think I talked about this on the live stream for you, those of you who don't watch the live stream. I talked about this when I was doing the investigation on Hernandez ranch, when we were all trying to, you know, piece together what was going on with that. There was a story by a guy, um, we'll call him Jorge. And he actually told a story of a vampire and it kind of got lost in the shuffle because we were busy talking about werewolf dog, man, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and even got a goat man story out of that, that of the area where they were living, but nothing about a vampire. This guy told a story about a vampire. He worked for that family, for the Hernandez family <clears throat> doing, doing the work at the construction sites. And he told us that he was in onion Creek one night. In fact, I know I told the story on the live stream. Um, and he was wading through the water right there, on onion Creek. And you know where we used to go to the one job site in South Austin, Anthony? Yeah. Okay. So he was wading through the water. And he sees this weird, pale, crawling, humanoidal-looking thing on the, on his left side on the bank. And he called it a vampire. He literally called it a vampire. He said it had big old teeth and where the, 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 the canines were, were very pronounced. Wait, so this guy was in the, the, the water, water and, this, and this thing was in the water with him? No, the thing was on the bank. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then he said that, that the weirdest thing, like it kind of went behind a, a clump of trees Cause it's that little bridge you go over. I know you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Where yeah, in the case right there, people are always out there in the canoes yeah. or they're they're wading, fishing, whatever. Mm -hmm. He was doing that, but he was doing it at one in the morning. Now he did say he wasn't the only one out there. Like there was somebody who was on the other side. He saw their vehicle. Yeah. There's always vehicles on the side of there, you know. And so anyway, he said that he was wading out there and he saw this ball of light come out from behind those bushes and trees where this thing had disappeared to. And it just kind of bobbed over the water. And then it ended up on the other side. Um, when it got to the other side, you know, he said that it kind of zipped off. You know, it took off, whatever. But uh, he he saw what looked like that creature reappearing, you know, behind the light or or by the light, whatever. And he, of course, he he's at this point, he's terrified. So he's running through the water trying to get back to his vehicle and, uh, yeah. And, and so I asked him about that. I said, did, did you ever see anything before or after or since that anything, you know, he said, nope, just that, that creature. And then, and I said, do you think that it became the ball of light? He, he said that he thinks that it came out of the ball of light. Hmm. Um, you know, and I, he said, you don't think it, it, it was the ball of light. Like it turned into it, went across the water and then. Yeah. Like it, it took that form as, as yeah. a creature. Well, it's weird because supposedly most spirits can't cross water. If that thing is ethereal, which it would be some sort of metaphysical thing, if it was in that ball of light, it, you know, maybe that's how it traveled over the water. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's so many variables that could could be, you know, what's going on with that. I have no idea. Um, but anyway, his story kind of got lost in the shuffle of the whole investigation on the Hernandez Ranch because it was all about dogman, dogman, dogman. Um, but yeah, that that's a weird story. Now, here's the one I was going to tell you about the homeless homeless guy that used to li used to live down at the Arch. He worked downtown part time. He would take out trash for a guy that owned a club down there. We knew him, and uh, I can't remember his name. My brother knew him pretty well, and he told us a story about a vampire. And I remember this a long time ago, and it just kind of slipped my mind. And I was talking to my brother about it one day, and we were talking about the the quote unquote crazy homeless guy who at the time I thought maybe this guy's just crazy. And he, let's be honest, he did. Obviously he was always looking for a fix. Yeah. So that's what, you know, he would work for $10, you know, to take out the trash and scrub the floor and then go run around trying to do whatever he was doing. Um, but he did tell me a story one time because somebody told him that I collected paranormal stories and I had written it down in my journal <clears throat> and then transferred it to the computer or whatever. And, uh, he, he said something really weird. Um, now I don't know if this is a vampire either, but, he was he he admitted to us that he was trying to break into a store. As an honest man, at least. <laughs> He's an honest guy. Yeah. So he told us he was trying to break into a store 
and uh, the store was closed. It was it was a convenience store. He was trying to break into it, and he climbed up on the roof with a friend of his. And his they they began. This happened in Houston, and he said they began to try to to uh, go, go to a spot on the roof where they thought they could get in. Yeah, and they hear boom, boom, something just land on on the roof, and they look over and they see this pale white. Uh, he said it was female. She was she was nude. Um, it was a nude female, and he said that she had red hair, and it was just flying everywhere, like it was it was going everywhere, and the eyes were were reddish, uh, amberish color, like like mixed like red with with uh, orange. He said like they were it was kind of like they were pulsating, and he said that she had teeth, but they weren't real big. They weren't like giant, like a mouthful of like venom, you know, from Spider Man. No, no. It was like they were just little teeth, and he was like, dude, what the heck? The succubus. Yeah, and uh, well, I don't know what it was. And he said that it grabbed his friend. This is what he told me. He told me and two other guys this. I think it was me, Squid, Diablo, and Scorpion. And he told us, uh, or maybe three of us, and then I think he might have told Eddie, too, from, you know, Eddie. Yeah. And I think cause I think Eddie was a manager at, the, at that place at the time. So he told us his story. He told us that it grabbed his friend and bit him on the neck and started to just suck his blood out. And he watched his friend crumple up into like like it, like it drained his blood. And while that was going on, he jumped off the roof. Okay, he got he climbed partway down. It was like a like a ladder thingy. Yeah, and then jumped down the rest of the way. He said he busted his ankle, and he still he just ran on the ankle like two or three blocks. And his leg was so mangled by the time he got to a place where he could stop, where there were people and stuff, you know. Um, he had to go to the hospital. His ankle was like four times the size of his normal leg, other Jeez. ankle, whatever. And he said that he told the story. The police went up there. They looked. They didn't find a body. And he said he never found or saw his friend again. Jeez. So. What a, oh, I was going to say, what a place to have a cryptid sighting, too, on on top of a roof. There's nowhere to go. I mean, you just your only option is just sit there and be lunch or jump off of it. Break your ankle and hope that hope that the adrenaline can carry you enough to uh, to keep you running. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. Here's one for you. <clears throat> this this woman told me a story about her stepdad. You want to talk about sub- succubus? <clears throat> uh-huh. It's a very sad. Her mother died in a car wreck, and so she was raised by her stepdad. But she said her stepdad was a very kind, loving guy, and and he got remarried and. She had two younger uh, siblings, a, 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 little, a little brother, a little sister, and a little brother, and they were half siblings, whatever. But the the stepdad, she had been raised by him since she was like six, and he was very nice to her and treated her just like one of his own kids and was a very salt-of-the-earth man, according to her. And so they, they moved into this house. Uh, this happened in Victoria. To, in, in, uh, Victoria. And she said that they – um, we're living in this house and it was an older house and, it, and nothing happened until they started living there. Now, what happened was one day after her mother had passed away, the dad began to have dreams of the mother and he started to tell her, you know, I, I'm seeing the, the, your mom. And he kept saying, yeah, you know, I keep, I, I'm seeing her, you know, and this and that, and it's, it's her, I'm talking to her. She's coming to me in my dreams. Well, eventually the dreams began to be get, to get weirder and this woman that was coming to him in his dreams um, began to become more aggressive and was like hurting him and even biting him and, and doing things to him that his wife would never do. Um, to him, the wife was a very gentle soul and had never done anything, you know, was like that. And so she told her dad, you know, at this point, I think she said she was like a teenager or whatever. She told her dad, she's like, this isn't, this isn't mom. He was getting scratches that she could visibly see. Yeah. You know, and she's like, this isn't mom. I don't know what it is that you're seeing, but this isn't mom. And she, she he, you know, he, he was very adamant, you know, that it, it looked just like mom, whatever. Except, get this, the eyes were green. I was going to say he, need, he needs to look out for something different, like a minor detail, because mm-hmm. they always get, they can't. Uh, mimic it perfectly. Yeah, they can't mimic people perfectly. They when it when they take another human being's form, that it's usually the eyes that are a different color, but at the very least, something is just off. A miss, yeah. And so the eyes were emerald green, and she said that this thing had um, 
taking on a, a, a physical form because one time she was walking down the hallway, okay, and she saw something walk from one room into the next, and it looked like her mother in a nightgown. Oh, that's great. And she was like, oh, my gosh. So she thought, oh, it's mom. It's her ghost. So she goes into the room. This this gives me chills when I t- tell this part of the story. She goes into the room to tell to say to talk to the mom because she's like it's my mom, you know. She walks in there and she sees like a wispy image of something ghostly, kind of in in the corner, and she thinks it's my mother's ghost. It's my mom, my my mom's spirit, you know. And she's like, "Mom," she said, "This thing just turned its head around, not the oh. whole body, and it just went ah like that and screamed at her." And there again, she could feel it go right through her body. And so she said she felt like she was going to throw up and she she fell backwards and she saw the eyes and it was green, the green eyes, whatever. She, she told her, dad, her stepdad, she's like, this isn't mom. I don't know what you're, what this is that you're seeing, but this ain't, this ain't her. And so he, he eventually got, had a, a dream where, where she was crawling up on, on top of the bed, crawling on top of him and he woke up. And he didn't see anything at first, and he was looking down like, oh, okay, there's nothing there. Then he turns and he looks to the left, and there she is standing right there, and she just reached down this entity or creature, whatever it was, this succubus, and then climbed on top of him and began to try to bite him on his neck. Managed to bite him in two to three different places, but not get his neck, and he kept trying to push her away from it and bit his on his hand and got him on his chest and on his shoulder but not his neck. But he was convinced that it was trying to bite him on the neck and it had fangs and it looked like um, a shriveled up version of his wife with green eyes. And then when they were moving from this place, the last thing he remembers was this thing like beckoning to him on the stairs. And the last time he saw it, he said it looked almost like a skeleton. Now, here's what I think. My theory is that this thing needed to feed and it needed something, maybe physical blood from him to to be corporeal, to be uh, flesh, yeah. you know, to be, you know. And so I thought maybe maybe that's what was going on. Maybe, maybe this guy was being attacked by some sort of succubus slash vampire that needed uh, the the fleshly blood to um, sustain itself, and he wasn't giving it that. You know what I mean? He was waking up drained and tired, and his energy levels were bad. But it wasn't nothing that a four-hour energy drink (laughs) could cure. You know what I mean? I mean, like his commutes to work, he did end up having like a minor wreck because he felt like this thing was like draining him, physically draining him. But I think this thing needed his blood, which would put it in the category of vampire. Yeah. Yeah. I I never thought of it. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you. I never thought of uh, vampires like that, like that they could be spiritual entities who 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 need blood to uh take a physical form you know usually the the usual thing is that they're like undead physical creatures who drink blood to just stay alive but you know they could be spiritual entities who who are just taking a physical form but it has to be maintained with blood Mm -hmm. here's another aspect of that story here's one thing she told me that was very interesting she said her little brother was about seven or eight at the time when all this was going on okay there was a knock at the door one day and there was a woman, okay, dressed up like a postal worker. Now she says dressed up as a postal worker because she didn't believe it was a postal worker. And it looked like, like, like according to the little boy, it looked like his mother, but with her hair pulled back and put in under a cap or whatever. And she had sunglasses on. And she said, can I come in? I need a drink of water. And the little boy thought, mom, at first, and then he looked and thought, he took, did a double take. And first he said, yeah, come on in. Um, and she did. And then it went into the kitchen and got a drink of water. And then when, when she, he, you know, the, the woman was leaving, she went out the back door and kind of just disappeared. And the little boy kept thinking, it looked like my mom, you know, but there were sunglasses on. So she, he didn't see the eyes and that can disguise someone's face. And so, she thought about it years later. She was like, I bet you he, when it knocked on, rang the doorbell, he said, come on in. That was the invitation. Yeah. And he thought that at first it was mother. It was his mom. And he was like, of course, you know, your you little boy, your mom had been, I think she had been dead for a month or so. Not very long. Yeah. And so he said, hey, yeah, come on in. 
And then he thought it was his mother. And then she's like, I'm not your mother. Cause he said, mom, she's like, I'm not your mother. But only after she came inside or it came inside, then it walked out the back door and was like gone. And he ran behind her and there was, there was nobody there. Dog in the backyard didn't even bark. So if that story isn't crazy enough, I got another one. Now this one was a, uh, a story I got. This one was in, uh, uh, here in Texas too. Lampasas. This one happened in Lampasas. Now this isn't a really long one. It's just a short one, but these people were driving through Lampasas, Texas. And they, they said they saw this thing crawling on the road that looked like, like a rake, you know how you just yeah. you see the rakes, whatever. And they said that whenever it, they, they went like to dry, they were going to hit it. They were going to run it over that it jumped up and went onto the hood of the vehicle and then crawled over the top of the vehicle. And they said they're one of those old style Broncos. Yeah. And then it began to move the vehicle back and forth, back and forth. And when they pulled off to the side of the road, like the, eventually like they, they got into town, into land passes, they pulled over. Um, they, they, it was only been like nine o'clock at night and there were still some places open or whatever. And they pulled into like, like a Sonic or something. I don't remember. They said it was a fast food place. They pulled into it or the Dairy Queen, I believe. Uh, they pulled over. They saw like claw marks and weird stuff, you know, over the top of the vehicle. And they were like, what the heck? What could have, what, what could do this? You know, um, here's what ended up happening. They get back home to where they were going. Okay. They live here in central Texas. They were, they were a couple towns over. I think they lived in Liberty Hill. They ended up like having problems over the next like week or two. They literally had like one of their animals drop dead, which was one, they had a parrot, like a bird, you know? Yeah. And the bird literally just died, like just fell over. Like it was just swinging along on his little swing and boom, it just died. All the fish in their aquarium died. And then their dog and cat both disappeared after encountering this thing. Now you could say, okay, that's a coincidence. They see this weird crawler creature thingy, whatever. Uh, they they described it too, like creeper to a T, like a, a rake type creature. You know, goes over the top of the car, right? Now I was gonna I was gonna use this one in in the rake, you know, to talk about the creeper to crawl or whatever. And I may still do it when we, when the Wendigo story comes up or whatever. But here's what's weird. I say vampire with this one because there again. There was an invitation. Okay. Once again, it was a son too. It was a little boy and a little girl and they were, they opened the door and there was this really weird looking, pale looking guy dressed in a black suit. And he asked to come in and talk to their mom and dad. Said he was a police officer. They let him come in. Okay. He walked in, walked right back out. (laughs) He got what he needed. Mm -hmm. He walked out, went around the corner by the garage and was gone. Then over the next several days, they started hearing like shrieking noises. Um, you know, something was, well, something was wrong. Something was very wrong. Something grabbed the little boy in the middle of the night and shook him, woke him up. And he looked up and he saw this thing with, with these fangs trying to go toward his neck, like trying to bite him. Um, the little girl had a dream that something did bite her on the neck. And she actually went to school and like passed out. Like got, got really sleepy and went, went like fell out in class and they had to take her to the nurse and then get her hydrated and all kinds of stuff. This went on for like a week or two. And then they went and they got someone to help do a cleanse and it worked, you know, for about a month or two, everything was fine, but then it started back up until finally they moved out. And there's a lot more to the story, but that, that right there, I could do a whole show just on that story. Point being. Once again, there was an invitation and they, the, the, the guy told me he thinks that they actually hit this creature, like they hit it, but then it just crawled up underneath the vehicle and jumped up onto the vehicle. He said that it was only a split second or two that they were able to see it, but he said the face looked humanoid, you know, human-like, but with a protruding jaw and big teeth and then like a weird, like where the forehead was, it kind of went back and sloped backwards. And he said that you could see, like almost, you could almost see through the limbs. You know what I mean? Sounds very much like a rake. Yeah. You know, but, but, you know, rake, crawler, whatever you want to call it, pale humanoid. It did, it did something metaphysical by going to their house. If, if that's the same thing. Okay. And it, and it got attached to, to the kids, 
you know, and it was trying to drain their life force. It was trying to, to, to drain them, to do something to them, trying to bite them. Okay. To me, that screams vampire. I don't know if that's a vampire. I can't say, but I think that that's what that was. Yeah. I mean, even if the, the, the two, the, the, the entity and the creature are, are two different things that I would still venture to say that they're still related. Yeah. Know? Oh Yeah. Here's another one, and then I'll read this last story, and then we're out. But here, here's what happened. This woman claims, okay, she she's from Nevada. She met this guy in Reno. They met online. He claimed to be a vampire. She went to go meet him, interview him, <laughs> interview with the vampire. And she <laughs> I said- still got to watch that movie. I haven't seen it. You're not missing anything. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so, she, so she, she went to go meet this guy, okay, and, and uh, he claimed that he was a vampire. Part of a clan of vampires that lived in Reno, Nevada. Um, he met her online and they started talking, 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 and they were having all these conversations or whatever. And it was a cyber romance or I don't know, whatever she thought it was. And when she went to go meet this guy, he turned out to be a really weird guy beyond what she could have possibly have imagined. She was a photographer. She brought her photography equipment. He says, go ahead. I challenge you to, to photograph me. She said, okay. So he had, he had pictures of himself on Facebook. There was a profile. Okay. When she meets him, he looks different than the pictures on, on Facebook. She said, in fact, he was way more handsome. But she could tell that it was a different person. So, but she, she was just, she was smitten with him. Like she, she just couldn't, she was so, you know, into this guy. She ends up like going and hanging out with this dude at his, his apartment every day, whatever, hanging out with him. And she, she tries to video him. Never, never, nothing ever comes up. And she's like, it's gotta be a trick. What are you doing? He goes, try to, try to photograph me. She tried to photograph him. It came out blurry. He's like, you can't do it. And then after a couple of days of them hanging out and she said that it was like, you know, they did, they had this little whirlwind relationship. She's like, she was like, I was in love with this guy. She's like, I would have jumped off a building for him. You know? Well, I mean, I believe her because she's hanging in there through red flag after red flag after red flag. Yeah. So she said it was like she was hypnotized by this guy. Yeah. Now get this. He says that his clan was from the South. She's like the South where? He said the Southeast. And eventually she figured it out. And he said that he was originally from New Orleans. There you go. Then she said, okay, he said that there's a whole bunch of us down there in New Orleans. He goes, but we, we came up here and started our own little thing because we had a falling out with some of the leaders, blah, 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 blah. She, she said that he began to tell her everything about vampires. And then she's like, this is so cool. These things are, you know, these, the, be, she wanted to be one. And he said, it's not something that you can become. I can kill you, but I can't make you one of us. That's not how it works. He's like, it's like a bloodline. Here's what he told her. He said that I can infect you and make you a slave, <laughs> but I can't. You can't become one of us. That's what. That's what. She, that's what he told her. And then one day, he said, "Do you want to see what I really look like?" And she was like, "It's kind of scared." That's a mistake. Yeah, and she said, "Yeah, go ahead, show me." And she. And so he goes, "Take a look in the mirror." He looks. She looks in the mirror and she sees this hideous, demonic-looking creature. She couldn't even imagine. She said that you could see the lines through its through his cheeks. There were like lines, and you could see the teeth inside of his mouth. And he peeled his bottom lip and top lip back, and these you know, rows of teeth popped out. And his mouth elongated like it came out like a snake, you know. <laughs> and he and then when she started screaming, he popped back into his regular form, and he goes, "Have you had enough?" And then she was just like, "I went out of here. I went out of here. I was she was scared." And he, he she said that. When he grabbed her arm, he was cold to the touch. And she was, she said the whole room was cold. It was like, you know, and she could hear like whispering coming from another room. And he said that they had the ability to cloak themselves and be invisible and things like that, you know. And she thought that there might have been more standing there watching. So she was terrified. She said she got to the car and her legs were shaking, her arms were shaking, and she was trying to put the key in the car. And then when she was just about to pull out, this female and this woman came out of nowhere and slammed her hands on the, on the windshield and was just screaming into the window, in through the window. And she looked at, at this woman and the woman's eyes were sunk back in her head and she had these weird looking teeth just like him. And she drove out and, and 
pretty much ran through this woman. And the woman, it, it didn't even like hurt her. She just went up and like she flew up and didn't see her where she went, nothing. And then she drove out and uh, never talked to the guy again. And the guy never tried to, you know, talk to her or told her anything. I mean, that was it. It was just a done deal. It seems like after he told her everything that he told her and then she gets scared and runs off that she would be a loose end for them to, to make disappear. But I mean, it, it, when you think about it, it's like if you tell someone you, that story, who, who's going to believe you? People are just going to think you're crazy. So it's like, well, it's not worth the effort. She's just, even if she tells people everything that happened here, so what? People are just going to think she's crazy. So mm -hmm. she'll probably just not tell anyone. And if she does, it's not going to matter. So just leave it alone. Did she specify like whether or not this this guy had a reflection before she looked in the mirror and saw his Yeah, I asked form? that question and she said, yeah, he didn't, the, the mirror didn't, she, she never noticed anything. But then when she looked in the mirror, she saw him. But then when she looked back at him, he looked normal. Yeah. But but like she he did have <laughs> a, the reflection of a normal person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Prior to that. Just couldn't be photographed. Yeah, I already asked that, yeah. Um, I think they can be photographed. I think that he, that they consciously uh, thwart the effort of someone, and that's what he was doing. And that, that's that's my opinion. That's speculation. I don't know enough about these things to be, because everybody knows I'm a werewolf. I'm not a vampire. So I'm just kidding, folks. Please don't believe that. I don't need people coming after me. Yeah, I'm a were uh, <clears throat> cub. <laughs> so here here's a story I'm going to leave you with. Okay. This is a story that, uh, that I didn't even get a chance to like, I just, I've only read through it one time real quick because I just got it and it was in my spam folder and it says here, the first time I saw it was late at night. I don't remember the time. This is, the, this is the person that sent this to me and I don't have their name. Um, and it says here at night, I don't remember the time I was sitting on the porch with someone who's like a stepmom to me just chatting, but I'm always looking up at the stars and I look up one night, one time and I see like a huge bat-like thing fly over and the wingspan had to be at least 15 feet. I asked her if she saw that and she said in a panic, no, what did you see? And I said, um, nothing. And the weird part was I wasn't afraid when I saw it. The second time it was late at night, about three or four AM. I had been in many, it had been many months since the last time. So I felt okay to go outside because I, I was freaked out, but I was heading out on a mission to pick some mushrooms of the pa out of the pasture about two miles away from my, my house. I get to the, I get to the, it says I, I get to the HEB. I guess that's the grocery store. I guess they're from Texas. Yeah. It says I get to the HEB and I just have to walk down this, this one long road and take a left. Uh, then there's a pool and a park. I'm going in the field across, but I'm about halfway down that long road. And I look up at the stars and I see two legs Huge bat wings flying side to side, like swaying right above me, probably like a hundred feet above the trees. And I said, "Nope." Turned around and and lucky made and luckily made it home. I wonder about it if I had if I hadn't looked up the last time I was in my backyard looking at the stars, three a.m. smoking a cigarette, and I see what I thought was a drone plane thing, not a quadcopter. And then as it came around, I could see the outline of it in the sky and moonlight. Legs, big wings. Legs with big wings, and it was low right above my backyard. And I went into the garage to finish my cigarette, and I thought I heard something big just beyond the garage door, and it was up just a hair so you could see a light shadow. I thought in my mind, if that's, if that's you, take a cat. Now, this is weird. Because we had too many cats, like we were, we were just too poor to get them spayed, and we don't put them down. So I guess that's how I rationalized that. And the next morning, the cat I liked had had this squirrely type fur, really cool, was dead and no clear sign of injury, no blood, nothing, just dead. I think it sucked its blood because I heard what sounded like the sound of flapping with way too much uh, noise, whatever. And I don't want to repeat that. But anyway, and yeah, that's about it. It was a little graphic about it. I want yeah. to all that. That's crazy. Kind of reminds me of that, that, that Jeepers Creepers monster that, that thing was hideous yeah that's actually the, the way that the, the first message it says here i'm a prt listener and i have a story about a flying humanoid i call it the jeeper creepers in that movie like one of the first times they they show that thing fully it's like you hear it but like like just like your story you hear it before you see it and like you, you hear you hear like something banging up against metal and then uh, they 
come into the room where it's at, they shine the flashlight on it, and they see like what that sound is coming from, like its wing banging violently up against like a metal chair or something, and it's just like down on its knees, tearing into something all bloody. I don't remember. I don't remember that movie very well. I remember like something about a school bus. Uh, the school bus was the second one. Okay, that's part yeah. two. Yeah. And I remember one, I remember the license plate uh, beating you. Yeah. But it actually, it was actually be eating, be you. eating you. Yeah. yeah. But people thought it was beating you, but it should have been yeah. be, be, be eating you. Yeah. And it's funny because like the setting where that, where that movie takes place, it's like we drive through places like that all the time. It's just normal for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Werewolf Church. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of like that Werewolf Church. I mean. But I mean, like, I mean, you guys go out to Taylor and be in the middle of the Jeepers Creepers setting. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Well, that's why people see what they see out there, too. Everybody's like, oh, it's so calm and peaceful. Go out there at night. Yeah. Go hang around Hoxie or or, or out there near Black Bull Bridge at night. I was going to say, I, I bet you homeless people actually have an inordinate amount of uh, stories of cryptid encounters because, I mean, they, they live outside. So, you know, like most people are either they spend their day in a house or in an office day and night or, you know, in a building, whatever. But uh, you know, if you're homeless, you're you're always looking, you're always looking up at the stars. You're you're always out somewhere like that. That's that's your whole day. And and you know, homeless people like to walk around at night, like all night too. So that's that's like prime cryptid cryptid time right there. So if you could manage to get together like a bunch of homeless people and just ask them like what well, they see, and they probably have some crazy stories, a lot more so than than uh non-homeless person one of the homeless people that the, uh, one of the stories that i'm going to tell on the halloween show and i hope folks i hope you tune into that that's on sunday uh involves literally a homeless person that this happened to in arkansas so i mean you know that and, and there was another one uh, of a chupacabra story that i got and i'm not talking about the blue dog chupacabra i'm talking about the real chupacabra of a person that was homeless um i'm not probably not going to tell that one on the halloween episode but it is it, it was a crazy story, and it was this little hopping-looking thing. But once it stood up all the way up, uh, upright, it was over five feet tall. Jeez. But it looked like a little chopping deal, you know, but then it extended itself. And this was from a homeless person. Yeah, I was going to say, like, a, especially homeless people in more rural areas, they probably see, like, a whole lot of stuff because they're, like, in a either a small town or just way out in the country. You know, like, you don't have like, a lot of homeless people in, in rural areas but but you do have some they, they call them prowlers people yeah. who just who just they're homeless people they just they just live in the woods and can't camp out and they can go into town to, for whatever they need and they just go back into the woods yeah and i've talked about it on my show and i might have talked about it on on another show but you know keith mm-hmm. you know my friend keith we were out shooting guns when i was like 12 or 13 and we were out there and me and him and another friend of ours and this weird guy just comes and walks and ducks through the middle of the barbed wire fence, and we're like, "Whoa!" on our on our neighbor's property, you know, who had like ten acres out there. And I was like, "What are you doing?" You know, because we had permission to go into his pasture and shoot snakes. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, if you want to kill copperheads, kill them all day long. Kill rattlesnakes." Yeah, and so we did. We'd kill copperheads, and rattlesnakes all night, all day, and just we'd wear these big old high waiter boots. Yeah, you know, those, they those big rubber. Oh yeah, because boots. I got struck a couple times by copperheads, and it didn't even penetrate. Um, but yeah, we would shoot him. I had a little snake charmer and this guy just pops out of nowhere and we all leveled our guns at him and we're, I had a little 22 snake charmer. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And the guy's like, Oh, hey, don't shoot buddy. I'm, you know, he looked like a, like a burned out hippie dude, you know, or something. And he was just like walking through and I'm like 2 AM in the middle yeah. of nowhere through a pasture, you know, or what about the guy that Loki was talking about? Yeah. Loki came on the live stream talking about a black eyed kid story and talking about uh, the reptilian story where I had the encounter with the reptilian at the club. He was there for that. Um, so were several other guys. But anyway, he talks about that on the live stream, not last, uh, not this this live stream, but the last one. And then he talks about the weird guy on the trail cam. You know, he put up a trail cam out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, they were trying to see if there were deer in the area, or whatever. And this guy just walks up wearing nothing but really short shorts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just walks by the trail cam. Yeah. I mean, he goes, he was miles from civilization. Like, who is this guy? What's he doing? Hey, he probably just lives out there in a tent and walks into town when he needs whatever supplies he needs and goes back into his tent. 
Well, I tell you what, I wouldn't do that because there's a lot of weird stuff uh, crawling around out there, moving around, flying it's, around. It's dangerous enough without cryptids. Yeah, exactly. predators out there. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. I'm not going tromping around in the woods without a gun and a bowie knife. Yeah, and even that, if some of these stories are to be believed, they're not going to help you against some of this evil. Well, yeah, the, the gun and bowie knife aren't for cryptids. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, just, it's just for regular that, that, animals. That's, yeah, re or the human kind, too, I'm not, to yeah. regulate. Not, I'm not even going to try to take on a monster with a gun or a knife. Yeah. It's like the scene I'm in good. Wolfman where the guy just puts the gun to his head because there's nothing he can do. And then it doesn't even fire. Yeah. And then it just knocks his head off anyway. But anyways, folks, that's all the time we had for tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. That's Vampires. That's the second uh, episode that we've done on Vampires. And there's more. There's more stuff. I mean, I always leave meat on the bone and there's going to be more. And like I said... We're going we're gonna to do it up big on Halloween, probably go two or three hours at least uh, with Nick Valente and Barton Nunley. We're all going to tell some stories. And uh, it is my show, so if I hog the show, forgive me, okay? I'm sorry. All right, but it is my show, all right? And I got some stories to tell, all right? Well, the guests don't seem to mind because they all like you, so yeah, whatever. Who Unfortunately, cares? I've made friends with very powerful people or whatever. Yeah. So... Anyways, I'll I'll I'll, let, I'll leave you guys to it. Uh, thank you for tuning in on this Friday night, and I hope that you guys like and subscribe on YouTube, even if you don't listen to us uh, regularly on YouTube. Um, we're trying to grow the channel, and we're trying to trying to grow our our uh, our show. Tell everybody you can about us. We do lots of giveaways, and this one's no exception. We're going to do a giveaway, and we're going to give you an uh, autographed book from who knows who, um, and. Uh, from everybody at PRT and from whatever uh, rooftop you're hiding from uh, a vampire, which isn't going to help you because they apparently go to the rooftops. And from whatever room you're hiding in, if you've invited them in, it's not going to help you. There is no escape. There is no escape. <laughs> Good night. Unless you're homeless because then you can't invite them in anywhere so they then, can't get yeah, you. Then there you go. You get your treehouse. That, that, we, we've discovered the immunity to vampires is just being homeless. Well, no, that didn't help. The guy's friend on the roof. Ah, uh, dang it. Yeah. Yep. Never mind. Yeah, there's no escape, and uh, you are all doomed. So good night. <laughs> Pray. Okay, guys. I'll see you. Good night. <laughs>